be careful because in college football, too much of a good thing can actually be a bad thing. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, fight on everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free, and I really do appreciate your support. If you are watching on YouTube and you haven't done it yet, becoming a subscriber is really easy. Just hit that subscribe button. You like the episode, hit that thumbs up. And because I come at you five times a week, don't forget to hit that bell notification button. And that way, you will never miss an episode. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com forward slash Locked On today so you can get started. Now, before I get started uh, on with this episode, make sure you stick around for the last segment. We do three segments every show. I got some recruiting news. I've got some good news. So stick around. <clears throat> now, I'm going to start off on a recruiting note, so to speak. Um, I've often wondered, what would Pete Carroll have done in the transfer portal era? We know <laughs> that his recruiting was top-notch. Uh, he was relentless, almost to the point where not, not almost. He, it was to the point where coaches from a, around the country were, were complaining because they had to work too hard to keep up. Uh, but there does come a point where your roster can get oversaturated. You can have too much talent. I know it doesn't sound possible, but it can happen, especially when you're dealing with high school and college-aged young men. Now, and let me kind of make my point. In today's era, I doubt you're ever going to see a USC recruiting class that's going to have like three, four, or five-star running backs in the same class. I mean, think back to like 2007. You had Broderick Green, Mark Tyler, Joe McKnight. Assembling that much talent in the same room, in the same class, that's a tough pull. And forget about, you know, bringing in two elite quarterbacks in the same class. That's just, it's not going to happen anymore. The transfer portal um, gives not only players the option, but it actually gives coaching staffs an option too. And that's where I'm going with this. Recruiting is and will always be the foundation for any successful program. It's, you know, as long as the bedrock is solid, uh, with with recruiting, the transfers that Lincoln Riley and, and other programs are bringing in, those guys are supposed to come in and be, you know, the new addition. That kind of adds to the overall aesthetic looks. They add value to the finished product. Um, but there is a point where that foundation can start being chipped away if you start bringing in too many transfers. Uh, take the 
the cornerback room last year, you know, well, this year USC is bringing in Christian Roland Wallace, uh, and he's bringing he's bringing, brought into a room that's already deep when you think about, it. you know, Makai Blackman, he's a Minnesota Viking now. We'll talk about that more in the next segment. But you still have returning Jacoby Covington. He was a transfer last year. He's back. So is last year's starter, Sia Wright. As is who everybody is forecasting to be a starter, if not a definite, you know, part of the rotation guy, Damani Jackson. So don't forget, Damani Jackson, one of those highly recruited, was on everybody's radar type of uh, recruits, including Alabama. USC is trying to get to where Alabama's roster, you know, kind of sits right now, where the Georgia roster sits. And to a lesser extent, very much of a lesser extent, Ohio State, uh, where they can say, you know what, we go two, three deep across the board. That's what USC wants to get back to. They were there before. Well, there is a uh, defensive back in the transfer portal. His name is uh, Traquan Feagans. Feagans um, was a true freshman in 2022 for Alabama. Highly recruited. Uh, and this year he went all the, he went through um, Nick Saban's spring camp all the way through the very end, and then he decided he was going to jump into the transfer portal. Before I go to my next point real quick here on Tegan's uh, side note, his younger brother, Anquan, is considered the, uh, I guess he's rated the number 10 safety and the, the number 10 overall prospect and the number one safety, according to uh, one recruiting service. So this is why USC is showing some interest. Among the schools that um, is also interested in uh, Fegans, who's jumped into the transfer portal from Alabama, you're talking about, besides USC, Ohio State, Penn State, Miami, Georgia Tech, Arizona, Florida Atlantic. Those are his considered his hot landing spots. Well, he has a May 5th official visit set up for USC. On uh, We RSC learned that um, Fegans is going to be checking out USC and when asked about his official visit date, May 5th was his reply and it's definitely something he's definitely considering USC. Here's where I'm coming from on this. Again, USC already is bringing in Christian Roland Wallace. The year before, they brought in Makai Blackman. They have a pretty deep room with some pretty highly recruited players. I mentioned Damani Jackson, Sierra Wright. USC is pretty good there. So, and I get the whole iron sharpens iron philosophy. Agree with it, totally. But again, at a certain point, the recruit you know, the players who were recruited, they're going to kind of want to start to push back a little bit. We saw that happen with the wide receiver room. Kyle Ford, Gary Bryant, you know, they're gone after seeing the transfers, you know, come in and then kind of, in their eyes, get their playing time. You have to imagine the same thing is happening on the defensive side of the ball. 
these players, especially ones who were recruited, they know, you know, they, they hear things, they read things that the defense needs to step their game up. They know that. So it's, it's a, it's just a, it's a delicate balancing act that Lincoln Riley is going to have to be careful with. You want to make sure your recruits, um, at high school, when they're being recruited during high school, feel valued. But you also, they also want to make sure that they're feeling valued after they leave the nest in high school and come to USC. Uh, again, it's just something that in this era, is Lincoln Riley is going to have to be really careful of how he uh, walks that line. April 30th, was the last day to submit your name into the transfer portal. And when I'm producing this episode that you're watching right now, uh, there were no new Trojan names in the portal as of April 30th. You're probably making this Locked on USC your first listen on May 1st, Monday. So if some names show up on the 1st, you'll understand why. I'm told USC is not done this year with the transfer portal. Take it for what it's worth. <clears throat> right now, you need to make a really quick fast break over to FanDuel because we're in the NBA playoffs. And because right now, if you're a new customer, you're going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. I think make sure that ad was showing up there. You're going to get that $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win with FanDuel. Oh, by the way, someone told me the Lakers made it to round two. Congratulations. So there's no better place for you Laker fans to bet on the Lakers throughout the playoffs. And you can do that with all of your playoff action with America's number one sports book. Go visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba all right so this week coming up kind of a little bit of a tease i want to be all over the place this week uh, you get locked on usc five times a week right here on this channel but this week i'm also going to be on locked on pac-12 talking about uh the spring game as well as what uh, Bear Alexander and Emmanuel Pregnon bring to USC. And then later this week, I'm also going to be on with the Minnesota Vikings Locked On channel, talking about a couple of Trojans who know each other well, Jordan Addison and Makai Blackman, who were both drafted in the draft by Minnesota. Speaking of, let's, uh, let's do a little roundup. As I just mentioned, Jordan Addison went to the Vikings. First round, number 23 overall. Now, he wasn't the first wide receiver off the board. He was the third in a row after um, the wide receiver from Ohio State, uh, Injingba Smith-Jackson, really good. And uh, forgive me, I forgot the second one in front of him. Nevertheless... Jordan Addison, pick number 23, and first round. Everyone anticipated that happening. Jordan already knows what it's like playing with a bunch of all-stars. 
Um, he, he did that for a year at USC. He's now going to be teamed up with another really good wide receiver. And his name is Justin Jefferson. And when he got his phone call from Minnesota head coach uh, Kevin O'Connell and their general manager, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, um, they seemed pretty certain they knew what they were getting with Addison. And head coach O'Connell referred to him as a day one starter. In fact, he quote, he quote, uh, told jo Jordan, you and Justin Jefferson breaking the huddle at the same time is a problem. Uh, after informing him they were going to pick him. This is a this is huge for us. I'm so proud of you, man. You deserve it. So Jordan Addison, he's going to be wearing purple. Purple is the color of royalty. Congratulations, Jordan Addison. USC had a second round draft pick as well. Tuli, Tui Apolotu, defensive player. You know him well. He gets to stay home, play right up the street up there for the LA Chargers. Second round pick, number 54 overall. And he becomes, he joins last year's second round draft pick, Drake Jackson. You remember him. Number 99. He becomes just the second USC defensive player to be taken in the first two rounds in the last five NFL drafts. That's not a good number. Talk about that more a little bit later. Uh, he he got to spend one year working with Sean Dillon. He ended up leading the country in sacks. I'm talking about Tooley. Now, Tooley is going to get to learn from a couple of really good defensive players for the Chargers. A couple of studs. And his head coach, Brendan Staley, uh, he let him know that what to anticipate. Tooley is going to be joining a group on the edge that already has Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. I mean, those are two studs. And one of the selling points for Tui Pelotu during the draft process, <coughs> pardon me, was his versatility. And we were able to see him at USC. He played both inside, outside. He played on the edge. When San Diego drafted him, he, he was announced as a linebacker. And Staley told him, quote, you're coming into a tremendous defensive group, both with coaches and players. We're just so excited about what you bring to the table. You represent the type of player that we're trying to build this program with. Toughness, physicality, and a lot of playmaking ability. So we can't wait to get started with you, man. Truly is stepping into an ideal situation. Number one, he gets to stay home in his hometown. He grew up in L.A. He went to school at USC. Now he's going to be an L.A. Charger. I can't explain to you how much being comfortable in your new surroundings are. And Thule will be able to always uh, kind of lean in. And, you know, if he's, if he's feeling a little homesick, hey, you can always give Coach Sean a call. Next player drafted, third round, Makai Blackman. Now, I want to rem remind everybody, Makai had a, well, let's, let's just say he had a difficult time getting some D1 scholarship offers out of high school. He eventually went the junior college route. He spent a year at JUCO, San Mateo. He then ended up at 
Colorado for three years, and then he came to USC for his final season. And he saw his stock soar. I mean, it, through the roof. It, he was developed into a third-round draft pick, number 102nd, the 102nd pick overall in the draft. Remember all those defensive backs that USC fans were upset about that they missed during recruiting, like Elias Ricks, who ended up at LSU and then transferred to Alabama? He's an undrafted free agent. So you just, you really never know about these types of things and the rankings. What the, what the Vikings like is they must have saw the film, they must have really enjoyed the film that USC sent them because they saw him going one-on-one -on -one as often as possible against Jordan Addison during practice. Remember, iron sharpens iron. So USC is still developing defensive players. Keep that in mind. Even if they only get him for a year. If you look at Makai's stats, go look at his numbers in his three years at Colorado and then his one year at USC. His one year at USC, number-wise, better than his three years at Colorado combined. After Makai Blackman, USC fans and Andrew Voorhees also, which was even worse, had to wait until the seventh round to hear, literally, and I'm biased, the best interior offensive lineman's name in college, hear his name called on draft day. He was a marginal day one pick, draft pick. He was definitely day two at the latest, in my opinion, before he got hurt. He was a first-team All-American back in 2021. And finally, Baltimore decided we're going to take him in the seventh round, the 222nd, not 229th pick overall. So despite ripping off more bench uh, bench press reps than anybody at the combine this year, 38, 225 pounds. Oh, and he did that on one leg. Andrew Voorhees still fell to the seventh round. He got injured at the combine. That's his reward. Well, Baltimore, they actually traded up to get him. They sent a sixth-round pick in the 2024 draft to Cleveland uh, so they can pick up and draft Andrew Voorhees because they liked his toughness. Andrew's going to be considered the top value pick in the 2023 draft. Uh, the Baltimore executive vice president and general manager, Eric DaCosta, spoke highly of Voorhees after the, you know, during the draft. Quote, Andrew is a player who we've admired. And the opportunity to trade back in to get him was too appealing. We're getting a tough and a physical competitor who is polished and experienced. We have every expectation that he will be playing winning football for us in 2024. And this is a move that really solidified our line for the coming years, end quote. So, obviously, they anticipate uh, Andrew's, Andrew redshirting in 2023 for the Vikings, excuse me, for the Ravens in Baltimore. And that's fine. Um, he's earned the right to rehabilitate, make sure he's 100% uh, for the 2024 season.
knowing Andrew, he'll be uh, ready by the end of this year, but no one's going to rush him. What Andrew did become when he was drafted, he became USC's 523rd all-time NFL draftee, and that makes USC second behind Notre Dame's 525. I'm going to go out on a limb. They're, USC is going to re, reclaim their spot at number one following the 2024 draft. Just putting that out there right now. But that was it in 2023 for hearing names selected by a team uh, over the draft weekend. Now, with that said... Travis Dye is a New York Jet. Look, we know about his injury. We watched it all together, um, how it happened, and the reaction on the field, not just by USC players, but by the Colorado players too. Travis Dye will be a New York Jet. Uh, he is what every locker room needs, and that doesn't suck. If you know Travis Dye, you understand that. Uh, USC's... Uh, Defensive tackle Brandon Peely. He's going to get a shot make, uh, to make an NFL roster, and I think he's got a pretty good shot. He, uh, six foot three, 316 pounds. He's signing with the Miami Dolphins as a free agent. And here's why I think he has a really good shot to make the team. First of all, Miami uh, did not draft a defensive front seven player in the draft through all seven rounds. And they gave him, according to uh, his agent, a guaranteed $100,000 signing bonus. They got plans. Terrell Bynum. Look, he's going to get a shot with the Chargers as well uh, as an undrafted free agent. He came to USC for a year from Washington University, University of, he's a Husky, so hopefully it's going to pay off for the L.A. native. He ended up being a role player for USC in his one year. I hope everything works out for Terrell. And then Bobby Haskins, uh, he's going to Chicago, the Bears. For all of you old Saturday Night Live fans, you understand where I was going with that. And Bobby Haskins, he kind of looks and sounds like a Chicago guy, so uh, I hope he makes that team. Great personality, broad shoulders. Carl Sandburg, Chicago, the poet. Some of you will understand that. Anyways, uh, moving forward. And then one of my favorite players, Brett Nealon. Uh, unfortunately, right now, he's still looking for the best opportunity. That's the thing about being an undrafted free agent. You can kind of look for the best spot to... Uh, to send your people to talk to their people. Brett's going to be fine in life. I have no, I'm not concerned about Brett, but I would love for him to get a shot in the NFL. So uh, I'll keep you updated there. And as I mentioned, this year's draft might have been light in numbers, but next year numbers are going to be in the double digits. And that's why USC will reclaim that number one spot as having the most NFL draft picks from a college. And oh, by the way, USC, Michigan, and Florida are still the only schools to have a player drafted in the modern slash common draft era, or whatever that means. So 
for everyone who likes to believe SC isn't developing NFL talent, they're still doing it. All right, I told everyone to stick around. Here we go. I got some recruiting info for you, some pretty good information too. Take this for what it's worth. Um, so anyways, four-star linebacker, Kingston Viliamu Asa. He announced his final three uh, schools that he's going to choose from on Friday. Ohio State, Notre Dame, and USC made his list. Now, as of now, today, I'd say the Buckeyes have the lead. But we'll see. I know Coach Brian Odom and the entire coaching staff have made Vili Amuasa a huge priority. And he's been one for a long time. Uh, USC would love to have him, as well as Max Williams, uh, his little brother, Marcellus, uh, who is actually considered the best of the brothers. There's three of the Williams brothers. He has another middle brother, Mason, who plays at Arizona State. I don't make these types of uh, claims. It's other people out there who uh, who who follow recruiting and and say who who's a, who is a four star and a five star. Uh, I have pretty good source that says that Marcellus is going to be a Trojan, and that'll help getting uh, Kingston Vili Amu Asa to maybe change that feeling that he's leaning Buckeyes to maybe leaning USC. I have a feeling USC is going to be getting a commitment pretty soon. Pick it for what it's worth. It's probably going to be an offensive player. I'll get back to uh, more recruiting news here. Oh, hey, you might want to check out a guy. You probably heard the name Xavier Jordan, wide receiver, Sierra Canyon. Over the weekend, he was in a... Uh, a passing league with his high school. You remember those? Where you used to play seven on seven with your high school? Well, Sierra Canyon, they were out there over the weekend. And Xavier Jordan was making some silly one-hand catches. Like I said, wink, wink. USC's going to be getting some good news on the recruiting front really soon. If you haven't picked up what I'm talking about yet, get somebody who's smart to help you out. I can't say it outright. Again, if you're watching this on Monday, depending on how early you're watching this episode of Locked on USC, <coughs> there's going to be some good recruiting news coming. Um, let's stick around here. Oh, so I mentioned last week Emmanuel Pregnon, big offensive lineman that USC uh, was able to get out of the transfer portal. Well, if you're wondering why Cameron Johnson hasn't made a decision yet, it's because Coach Primetime over there at Colorado was trying to convince him to play in Boulder. So he's taking a visit. I guess we're going to find out soon enough if Cameron wants to play for a national championship and block for a Heisen winner, or if he wants to go play for Primetime, or if he's going to end up playing for his 
offensive line coach at Missouri in the SEC. Those are really the three choices. I'm told USC's not out of it yet. We'll find out. Matthew Wyckoff, the other offensive lineman that people were asking about, uh, he is out of the picture. He's going to Texas Tech. Early in the show, I talked about the balance between recruiting and the transfer portal. Negative recruiting has always been a thing, and it's always been a thing used against USC. It's what lesser programs have to do. But now with the transfer portal, if you start chasing experience too much, you're going to give those types of colleges, and I'm going to even say certain high schools, another barrel in their shotgun to use against USC. Um, like I said, some coaches will point out USC's defense to negatively recruit. Now, if, if they see USC's going to the transfer portal to, to get players to use rather than develop their own, that be, might be another avenue. Just saying, it's something that USC needs to be careful about. Um, and here's what USC's rebuttal should be, real quick. If, if, if colleges and high schools are going to negatively recruit against USC, and let's just talk about the defense, their rebuttal should be, Tuli Tuli Polotu just became a second-round draft pick. Drake Jackson the year before, second-round draft pick. Um, they can also point out now, Makai Blackman came to USC, turned into a third-round draft pick. And they can point out to other players who are more highly rated, who went to, and I'm using finger quotes, better defensive programs, who went undrafted. Look, championships are going to be won in the trenches. And USC can point to what they're getting in the transfer portal, both on defense and on offense. Because those guys believe in what USC is offering. That's how you sell it. They must believe that all those defensive players that came to USC, they must believe in what USC is building. Why else would they risk coming to USC? Talking about the Bear Alexanders, the Jack Sullivans, the Jamil Muhammads, the Anthony Lucases. Anyways. On tomorrow's episode of Locked on USC, who wins a game? Who would win a game between Caleb Williams and Caleb Williams? We're gonna talk about that on tomorrow's episode. Until then, everyone, you kinda know what to do.